Wait, shit. Couchcast Sports Podcast, episode 213, is always presented by CouchCastSports.com. Go check out all the written content. Go check out all the content in general from the blogs, articles, podcasts, YouTube channel, everything else in between. Alan Lehigian back again another week. Again, no Jared Scally. He's enjoying the lake life on vacation in New Hampshire. In his place, once again, second consecutive week. I think you're our permanent fill-in now. I was kind of the, <laughs> I was kind of the fill-in before for Jared yeah. and Quag. So now you've taken my role. So Diego Galvis back for another week. Diego. You're the man just for, for being available and ready at a moment's notice. <laughs> we appreciate it. Dude, not a problem. Not a problem. And thanks again for uh, for having me on this. I, I appreciate it. Um, episode 213. I It still wows me that, and, and I think you could share this too, it still wows me that Contra Sports as it is right now, and shout out to the whole family. It, it's mm-hmm. not even It's not even a crew. It's not even teammates. You guys are all family. Shout out to all of you. We've had... Tremendous months for ourselves as a, as a company uh, so far in the past at least three to four month period with at least an average of 70,000 views easily through through months. Um, variety of women joining us as well, which I absolutely love. Nothing more amazing than a diverse uh, team to really shine through and bring what Couch Guy Sports brings to the table. Uh, so shout out to all of you. Uh, appreciate the family growing. Shout out to Couch Game Sports and shout out to this podcast. Two hundred and thirteen episodes. That's not easy. <laughs> it's crazy. They have gone through so many changes. Like they were the Loose Change podcast. Yep. They had like three co-hosts, then it was down to two, then it was back to three. They they've had so many twists and turns, but now it's in a good position. It's been in a good position, and it's going to continue to be in a good position. And just to kind of go off what Diego said, shout out again to Couch Guy Sports. We're all doing it big. We had over 90,000 views in the blog last month. Looks like we're going to hit 90,000 again this month, which is a big testament to everybody on the CGS platform. So shout out to everybody. And all I'm going to say is this, pay attention to the Twitch channel, Couch Guy Sports on Twitch. We have a lot of big things coming and a lot of new people potentially in the mix. So get to know everybody because again, CGS to the moon, buy CGS stock, hashtag, CGS fan. That's right. Diego, we have a wide variety of topics to talk about. We have some Patriots news, some Celtics news, some Red Sox to talk about. What do you want to talk about first? Oof. You know what? Let's get it out of the way because I'm pissed off enough. Let's get it out of the way. Garrett Richards. <laughs> what a piece of shit. He stinks. He's brutal. What a piece of shit. Wow. So- so the Boston Red Sox, they did come off a weekend sweep in the New York Yankees. So that's a positive right there. The Red Sox, oh. as they currently stand. By the way, Chris, at Arizio, yes, I'm, single, I'm single-handedly calling you up. The kids are fat as a whale. Don't worry about them being hungry. Don't worry at all. They got chicken nuggets, burritos, quesadillas, everything coming their way. They are fine. <laughs> they are fed. Let's worry about them Yankees. And let's worry about... You know, maybe finally bring in the sauce to whatever dump the Yankees have going on. Because holy crap! Now the Diego's got the fiery takes out, even though he can't handle fiery food, which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's forty-eight and thirty. Not him. Diego's not. Holy smokes! The Red Sox are forty-eight <laughs> and thirty-one. They're sitting atop the American League East standings in first place. A game, a game ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays. 
But it's not all sunshines and rainbows, Diego. We have to talk about the elephant in the room. We have to talk about Garrett Richards because this yeah. guy flat out stinks. Mm-hmm. You want to know, Diego, what his ERA is in his last three starts? I, I, I'm glad I'm not talking to Matty, Matty Cuban right now. How he fancy baseball because I, I'd be punching myself repeatedly in the face for even just, allowing this guy to be signed. Just take a guess. Take a guess as to what it is. Last three starts. At least north of five. Try 10.32. That is, oh God, that is just gross. 10.32 ERA in his last three starts. Now this is what I, and I said this earlier on Legends Lingo, which go check out that podcast when it comes out. But anyways, Garrett Richards is a guy that he can't get out of the fifth inning. He's a guy that's lost confidence as a pitcher. He's literally come out of his press conferences and been like, I'm trying to reinvent myself as a pitcher. I haven't learned to change up. Diego, I know you're not a big baseball guy. Like, I know you like baseball, but you're not, like, into it like some of us other people. Even you have to know that pitchers should have a changeup. Like, that's the common pitch you teach the kids when you're 10, 11, 12 years old. Like, kids that I coached two years ago that were 12 had changeups. How do you not have a changeup and you're in the major leagues? That drives me bananas as a baseball coach. That drives me insane. His spin rate and all this stuff. Listen, spin rate doesn't matter. And all this other, like, like all these like advanced statistics don't matter if you can't get ahead of hitters and you can't put hitters away. When you're constantly falling behind two and oh, three and one, one and oh, you're not going to get good results. It's proven in statistics, basic statistics. So now you have Garrett Richards who can't find the strike zone, can't throw a curveball, throwing primarily fastballs, and he's wild on top of it. It's a recipe for disaster. Plain and simple. This guy needs to go. He needs to be either one of three things. He either needs to be demoted to the bullpen, demoted to Worcester, or outright released. He's on a one-year deal. He's already probably gotten at least half of the $10 million. Just bite the bullet on the other $5 million or whatever it is, $6 million, Say, see you later. Because I can't stand this guy anymore. He stinks. Yeah. I mean, the here's one thing that I'll give Garrett Richards. Because while he does suck, and oh, I, tremendously, I, I, I want I want to hear this. It's it, in a way, it sort of um, it sort of drives my curiosity to understanding what kind of mindset he's in to put himself through this torture. Because even though he's putting himself through this torture, he hasn't quit in any of the innings. He hasn't been like, "Relieve me, like, like let me go, like this is embarrassing enough for me." Like he's. He's taking the embarrassment head on and he understands that he sucks himself. I mean, admitting that you don't have a changeup this late in your career with arguably one of the top franchises in baseball right now in the past 10 years with about, I don't know, three, almost four World Series under their belt. I mean, that in itself, you you know that the pressure's on. You know that this is a, this is a this is a city that wants titles. There's a city that wants performances. There's a city that drives in excellence in itself. But it's not but even it's the, but it's not even the Red Sox organization, no. Diego. It's the fact that he just doesn't have a changeup in general. The fact that he didn't have with the that. Angels or anything else. But I see what you mean. I do. I I understand that. And for and for him to be 33 years old to understand that he is lacking these qualities that he should have as a, as a um, as a pitcher, that in itself goes to show that while he understands that he sucks, he's not hiding behind those facts. He's not hiding at all. He's facing it head on. And he, in a way, he's calling like an SOS at this point because why continue to put him through that much embarrassment? If anything, like you said, 
take them off the, the roster for about three to four months, reinvent them back in, in the Providence team or whatever. Worcester, yeah. I'll give them to get, loan them off to a minor league team that may need, may need his coaching advice. Give him that sense of confidence back on so that when he does come back and if he, if he does come back, He's more playoff material, but more of a relief pitcher than a starting pitcher in itself. Because at this point, that pressure of a starting pitcher in itself has got to be a mountain to a certain degree. Because when you have Erod performing, you have, I kind of liked his performance, not going to lie to you. Erod? Erod performing? In a way. Diego? In a way. Diego? In a way. Why not? Go on. Just go on. Go on. Why not? Go on. I can listen. No, I, I want to hear why not. Because in the, from literally May to June, his ERA went up two full runs. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's why. That in itself. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm saying that in itself. I, I, I agree with you. That's why I said in a way, in a way perform. At least he. At least he hasn't sat there and given up fucking 10 runs compared to Garrett Richards. He hasn't been as inconsistent. And to go so, back to your point real quick. Like if this was April, yes, I'd say give him a few months, like do what you can. But now it's June. You give now three, it's four June. months. It's way too much. You're talking about potentially bringing him back in your scenario for the postseason, which I think yeah. at that point, at this point, is realistic. There, well, there it, might be a postseason for the Red Sox here. No, oh, there, I unless they completely be. tank. Correct, but the thing you know? is too, is like if they had a if the Red Sox started the postseason today, Garrett Richards would be nowhere near that roster. No, no, no. shot. No, like, oh, and by the way, Erod this year so far, he's six and four, but his ERA is 5.83. So he's given up nearly six runs a yeah, game. To be honest with you, to be honest with you, for a pitcher with his condition, though. Yeah. He's, he, I, the one thing I will say is this he has gotten so unlucky this year with the fielding he behind has. him and everything. So yeah. I'll give him a little bit of slack. That's that 5.83 should probably be around maybe like 4.5 or something like that. Because so I'll I'll give him that. But going back to Garrett Richards, like this is a guy, Diego, where you have to get rid of him because you think about this, the starting rotation, right? You're going to get Chris Sale back at some point after the all-star break. So he's going to be back after the Mm all-star break. Like he's progressing, which is awesome. So now you have Chris Sale, Nick Pavetta. He's been your best pitcher consistently the entire year. He's been sensational. There's your number two starter if the playoffs yeah. started right now. Nathan Eovaldi and Martin Perez, those are two guys that you can interchange three and four. You don't need Garrett Richards on this team. And you if you want to bring somebody up when they're ready, get Tanner Houck back up here because yeah. he's a righty that can be a middle reliever. So a that's lot- where I was That's where I was going to get to because I was saying like, yeah, Garrett Richards just continues to struggle and, and it's good to just send him off to a minor league team. But where's, like like you said, just Tanner Houck, like how do you not bring him up immediately? To start July. I think he's injured right now. Is he injured? Yeah, he's working his way back from an injury. I think it was like his arm or okay. something. But but he's gonna he should be back very soon. But no, I see what you mean. Like right now, almost take like a Tampa Bay Rays approach to it where you have your four yeah. starters, and then the fifth day, use like Garrett Whitlock as like your opener for like three innings and then just make it a bullpen day. You yeah. know, and the Red Sox have the pitching to do it, and their bullpen has been sneaky good this year. Garrett Whitlock, Josh Taylor's had a resurgence of a year, and then you have the back end of the bullpen with Salamora, Adam Ottavino, and Matt Barnes to to round it out. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, like, oh this Red Sox team, like it, they're 
they are in a very good position. They just need to make sure that they don't have that second half slump. That's that's exactly it. And I mean, even even though like, and this is what pisses me off about the media, real quick. Yeah, they can't seem to be happy with the Red Sox performance one way or another. We know that defensively we sucked. Okay, we know that we don't have the we didn't sign up for the best defensive pieces in the whole entire league. Otherwise, we would have had. I would have gone actually, and I'm actually kind of glad that we didn't. I'm glad we didn't go for DJ LeMahieu, considering how bad he's been this year for, for the Yankees. We, been, we we had we had suggested that previously in a couple he, other podcasts, he, and I'm just been, like, I am glad I was water under the and bridge. he's been good for them, but he's been like he would be bad in the Red Sox case. He would That's how terrible. bad the Yankees are right now. He would be terrible. But then we look at then we look at the pieces that we're working with, like for example, Hunter Renfro. That was a that is a signing that people are like. Okay, sure. He's gonna maybe hit a few bombs over, over, over the. I'll, over, like I'll you put my one, hand up. You, I'll you put, were one I'll put of the my guys. Hand up. I'm putting my hand up. I was. We were. We were some of the people that were like, yeah, he'll hit some bombs over the, over the, uh, you know, over the green monster. But just this past series against the Yankees, the dude put up some really good fucking performances. He had two home good runs last plates. night against the Royals to help them come back and win after Garrett Richards stunk. And very good defensive plays too. That defensive yeah. play, that that was a home run. That, that on Friday, I believe it was. That shit was a home run. He threw out a runner at home plate too. Like Hunter Renfro like, has gone above and beyond expectations. Yeah. But this Red Sox team, they're a lot of fun to watch. They're going to continue to be a lot of fun to watch. And you know what? I'm glad they're doing it, and I'm glad they're doing it in summer, Diego. Because you want to know something? Summer's here. It's not just coming. It's here. Oh, so- we feel it. Oh, <laughs> I know. It, it. it was brutal today in Massachusetts. Diego, yes, are you sir. ready? Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Oh, you do not want to see this package, but yeah, sure. Okay, fair enough. Well, you're in luck <laughs> because our friends, Diego, at Manscaped just Ooh, launched their yes, just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. It's the 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and hair nose trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. I hope you remembered that because I'm quizzing you after. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is insane and, dare I say, the goat of ball trimmers? Yeah, I said it. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-and-off switch, which can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? I know. In the shower or in the wild. And from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and your, and your ears. 
The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. Before heading out, use the Crop Preserver Ball deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. Then after trimming the lawn and whacking the weeds in the heat, give your beach balls a boost and use that Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts in their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to the next level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code manscaped.com, or sorry, with the code COUCHGUY20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with your friends at Manscaped. Shout out to our sponsors, Couch Guy Sports Podcast at Manscaped, because they are just phenomenal people and make great products. So again, make sure to go check it out. 20% off and free shipping. Couch Guy 20, manscaped.com. Let's talk a little Celtics, Diego, and then we'll get into a quick Patriots tidbit before we get out of here for the week. Let's do it. The Boston Celtics officially announced today that they hired Ime Udoka. They had the press conference and everything else. And there were a few comments that stuck out to me. The first comment that stuck out, Diego, was the fact that he kind of looked at Brad Stevens and was like, Brad, you guys were 27th in the league in assists last year. We're playing more team ball. Now think about this. He just got hired for the job. In his introductory press conference, he has the confidence and the guts to look at his boss and say, I'm going to do better in this than you. That's pretty good. To have a little edge in your in your you know in your words and your actions, like hopefully the actions take place, but my goodness, what a start! And there were other comments that were said. You know he he respects market smart, and obviously he has two pillars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You know they're going to emphasize the team ball. They're going to bring out the dog and all the guys like that fight, which I love, and I think the Celtics lacked a little bit of in 2020 and 2021. And not only that. Whit Grosbeck went on Felger and Maz, which is 98.5 in Massachusetts and Boston. And he basically came out and said a few things I thought were interesting. First things first, they interviewed 12 people for the head coaching job. I don't know if I believe that. I really don't. 12 people for a head coaching job. When you had your list of like four or five, you really, really wanted. I mean, they could have, but I don't know. It's a little hard to believe. For me though, and this is the tidbit that really, really stuck out to me. Wick Grossbeck came out and said that during July, the Celtics roster, he expects the Celtics roster to be moving around with a bunch of moving parts. So that I think is very, very intriguing to hear if you're a Celtics fan, because let's face it, Diego, we're two Celtics fans. Mm -hmm. We love the Boston Celtics. And we obviously, you know, they've been a team that they have, They've been on the cusp of being in the NBA finals. They made the conference finals like three times in the Brad Stevens era. Couldn't quite knock on the door, but they, they knocked on the door, but they couldn't quite kick the door over. Like, here's the thing. It's going to be a very busy July. So this is what Wick Grossbeck said. He believes it's going to be a quote, very busy July for the Celtics in terms of terms of roster moves. So, I mean, so let, let's break it down step by step. First of all, Diego, I want your thoughts on kind of the Doka press conference. If anything stood out to you, 
Yeah. So on the Udoka uh, press conference, a lot stood out for me. Uh, number one, his confidence and his uh, his body language, basically. The, the body language that he delivered was very professional, very, I'm here to command this team and I'm here to manage this team. Not just a guy looking to hang out with a bunch of other young guys of his age, looking to let's have fun with the game and let's see what we can do. Not, Imagine not if there somebody, are 43 year olds on the, on the Celtics still playing. <laughs> right. Like not, not somebody here looking to just be like, Hey guys, let's just, let's just change Twitter accounts and let's be buddies kind of guy. Like that, that's not him. He's here to manage this team. He's here to deliver results and he wants grit at all times. Hence why he respects Marcus Smart. Hence why he respects Jason Tatum. And hence why he loves Jalen Brown. Because if there's anybody in this one entire league that would have wanted to coach Jalen Brown, it's this guy that you're looking as your head coach right now. Interestingly enough, and, and what seems to align to me a lot with their potential goal for this season is they're aiming for banner number 18 with assigning their newest eight in the new 18th head coach of the Celtics. In franchise it's history, weird. right? It's weird that that alliance in itself, especially when you have such a lofty goal ahead of you, because sure, you have three really good pieces in Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. People often overlook Marcus Smart because he's not your sharp three-point shooter. He's not your sharp two-point shooter. But people often forget that it is thanks to his grit and those awkward, quirky plays that he comes up with that are so necessary in our game and that is so demandingly uh, needed in that locker room because it's the, it's besides, the, inta- it's the intangibles. That's like exactly besides, besides his gritty attitude that he's got. And besides that drive that he's got, we really don't have anybody like that in the locker room. Right. Jason Tatum is passive aggressive. Jalen Brown is not one that engages into that kind of environment. Besides that, who else do you have? Al Horford is just here to basically just give him tidbits on how to even get there. Yeah, he's going to be Boys a mentor. Is, he's going to be a mentor to um, Robert Williams, especially. You watch. Exactly. Robert Williams, as you mentioned, like he's he's one of those guys that's just like, oh, guys, let's, let's have fun tonight. And besides that, you really don't have that fiery environment in that you need a Marcus Smart in your team. And we just don't have that. People are people are aiming at, at oh we should bring Rajon Rondo back. That's that's taking about five steps back because if you look at Rajon Rondo's trajectory, the guy has had to leave every other franchise that he's left because he doesn't get along with the rest of the locker room. His ego gets so far ahead of him. Now, do I think that Rajon Rondo is a far better player than Marcus Smart? A whole century and a half, absolutely. There is no question on that. But do I think that he belongs back in the organization? I'm not entirely sure on that. Well, I just, I just personally am not. So, so, um, so, so here's the thing on Rondo really quick. I can see Rondo at this stage being almost like Chris Paul in Phoenix, where he's the older, older guy on the team. He's the veteran. He's won championships. Although Chris Paul hasn't won championships, but Rondo might fit in the sense that he's a pass first point guard that likes to facilitate and set up the offense. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will love that because they still get the ball. That's just one thought that you could potentially. Yeah, I mean that's that's an attainable that that Rondo offers, but in a sense he's not much of a Chris Paul because Chris Paul is delivering results for the Phoenix Suns right now, especially when they need him. Now he does have a record of choking at three and one leads, 
So we'll see how this goes this year. Uh, yeah. But, but I will say, in a way, Chris Paul has delivered results for a team that people highly disregarded, like the Phoenix Suns. They weren't giving they weren't giving Devin Booker a chance, and they definitely weren't giving Aton a, a chance either. They were yeah, DeAndre just, Ayton. Yeah, they, they were just like, "Oh, Phoenix, what a joke!" Uh, the joke's on you, dude, because the guys have a very realistic shot of making the final. They were the two seed this year in the West. Uh, I mean, joke is on you guys, and it's hilarious. Actually, it's a slap in the face in all of you people whiskers. Uh, but besides that, what I really liked about Yudoka as well was his experience with coaching people like, like, again, like the, the three that we've mentioned. And I like the fact that he was not afraid to put, as you mentioned earlier, Brad Stevens in his spot and say, dude, this is where you sucked. This is exactly where you sucked. And this is exactly where I'm going to be 10 times better than you. Uh, and I like that there is a commitment in building a championship team around Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I like mm-hmm. that because now, now there's finally that sense again of the Boston Celtics are here to fucking play. There is, there is that sense and there is that feeling again, and hence why, like I wrote on my article yesterday, Celtics Twitter went on a freaking frenzy. People were absolutely happy to hear this guy's voice because you needed that. You, you desperately needed that sense of leadership and somebody who's here to get shit done. Besides him, there's only two other coaches. Well, Besides, besides him right now, actively, there's only two other coaches that have that mindset, and that's Alex Cora and Bill Belichick because of the seasons coming up. But overall, if you look at the Boston spectrum of, of, of teams, Bruce Arena with the with the revolution, the guy wants to get shit done, and he's getting shit done because people mm-hmm. are forgetting that the revolution are also part of Boston, and they're doing best, really best fucking team good. in the MLS right now. Best fucking team in the MLS right now, and doing really fucking good. If you don't, if you don't mind my language, five game uh, win streak, right? Yeah, Bruce Cassidy, Bruce Cassidy, really good uh, Bruins coach right now. It just happens that the cards weren't on the table for us. It fucking happens as part of the sport. Uh, Bill Belichick, I mean, it's Bill goddamn Belichick. What else can you say? And Alice Cora is here to get shit done, and he's getting shit done with the Red Sox. He's getting it done, whether you guys like it or not. He's getting it done. Does he have a few, as we mentioned, a few sucky pitches in the lineup? Well, who doesn't? I mean, what team Correct. does? Right. Uh, but he's but he's getting it done. Now you just needed to have that person that wasn't a softy like Brad Stevens is, and it it's good that the Celtics finally realized as an organization that they needed to change the dynamic of how the organization changed. And I think the very first step that they took that they did very well with was the transition of the NEH moving out of office and slipping Brad Stevenson. It just gives a new a new image, a new era, and a new age to the Celtics that desperately needed it. Because frankly, age, which is there to stick to the basics that he knew, and that's it. Nothing new. Yeah, hoarding young draft Steven, picks. That's exactly what he did. We're here with Steven, somebody who's willing to give a try to things and see how they work. I mean, clearly this Al Horford trade, I mean, that that's gonna work. I I have a funny feeling that this is gonna work in in a very very good. Way. In, in both ways, you get rid of Kemba's yeah. contract and you bring in a veteran piece up for a big man. Yes. Yeah. So overall, pretty happy. I'm actually looking forward. Um, it sucked last year that I couldn't attend to any Celtics games because of the pandemic. Um, uh, but definitely looking forward to seeing a rock and TD Garden with a. Uh, 
a Celtics team ready to fight the battle and go for Banner 18. Like, I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for that, and I'm ready for them to make some moves. I think there's going to be a surprise move or two. You're going to be like, wow, the Celtics mean business now. Because I mean, when, when, you, when you look at that, when you look at the Eastern Conference, right, you have the two heavyweights in Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Those are obvious. Philly t- is going to take a huge step down, especially because Ben Simmons can't figure it out. Toronto and Miami have taken steps down. The Knicks are going to be pretty good, I think, for years to come. Yeah. But I think if you build around them, you can still be better than the Knicks. I think they're realistically about two years away from being as good as Brooklyn Nets are. They, they could be. With the right moves in place, if they make one more big move, they very well could be. Yeah. So. I think I think for the, for the Celtics, all they need is figure out who your PG1 is going to be. Because yeah. if you figure that piece out, somebody who's going to be so uh, somebody willing to put to give uh, scoring options for the Celtics team. I mean, we mentioned it just last week, Lonzo Ball. That, that that's a phenomenal move I, in itself. I I like I like the possibility of Lonzo and, being and, in Boston. And I think I think it aligns well with the chemistry that you know, because looking to build into this team, and that's somebody who wants to get results. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I wouldn't be opposed either to the Damian Lillard uh, rumors. I just I just worry that there's a big risk factor in that that you have to give a major piece in order to even get him. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown would be the piece you'd probably have to give up for that. Right, and I I, I don't think it would be ideal to do that. Yeah. It'd be it'd be just a substitution if that. Right. Um, and I I honestly I wouldn't I actually wouldn't mind Bradley Beal either. But again, that's probably one where you're gonna end up having to give somebody like Smart Lanford and maybe Williams. And a and a pick in order which, to even get Bradley Beal. Which Williams though? Uh Robert Williams. And you don't want to do that. You if, don't if want it, to do that. If it was if it was Marcus, Romeo Langford, and Grant Williams in a pick, I'd say take it. Oh, See I'd say, later. Yeah. Give me Bradley Beal asset. right now. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Yeah. But Diego, I'm just gonna say this. This Celtics team, they make me want to go get a massage because I, I they they stress me out, they tense me up. You know where's a place that you can get I got even something better for you. You know where there's a place that where you can get a massage therapy gun so that way you don't even have to spend extra money on massages all the time? Oh, dude, tell me, because I could use a massage right about now. Exogun. Because the Couch Guy Sports Podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Diego, have you ever done a workout and felt like you needed a massage right after that workout? Oh, all the time. Well, get the massage without even having to leave your house. Do not let pain and soreness slow you down anymore. Exogun revives muscle boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it, whether that's at work, whether it's at the gym, or whether it's on the hiking trail with your loved one. Put the power, a percussion massage treatment, in your hands, and we'll talk about that in a second. Exogun is portable, adjustable, powerful, and is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Again, what is percussion therapy? It boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Now, here's the kicker for everybody listening or watching this on YouTube. You can get 10% off. That's right, 10% off with the code CGS10, capital C, capital G, capital S, one, zero, CGS10 at checkout. Exogun comes with a charger, so you can make sure you're always charged and ready to go. In the carrying case, you can bring it with you wherever you may go during the day. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at any moment's notice. 
Shout out to Exogun for being another great sponsor to the Couch Guy Sports podcast and across Couch Guy Sports as a whole. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Final topic, and we're going to keep this one pretty brief. Stefan Gilmore, he still has a co- uh, contract situation with the Patriots. Came out on Twitter today. There was a tweet that came out from CBS Sports HQ, which is a verified account on Twitter. They mm-hmm. had the highest paid defensive backs in the NFL. On that list is as follows. Jalen Ramsey of the Los Angeles Rams has the most with a $20 million average annual value. Then the list goes, Marlon Humphrey from the Ravens, Tredavious White from the Bills, Darius Slay from the Eagles, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard from the Miami Dolphins, James Bradbury of the New York Giants, Marcus Peters of the Baltimore Ravens, Trey Wayne of the Cincinnati Bengals, and William Jackson from the Washington football team. And Jackson's contract is $13.5 million. Diego, you notice a name isn't on there that should be on there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the pattern that I see there, though, is, and you may agree with this, these are all teams that had the cap space at the time that Gilmore had signed with the Patriots, unfortunately. I know. Like, it's yeah. just all a thing of luck. I, I mean, Jalen Ramsey with the, with the, um, with the, Rams. with the Rams. Thank you. With the Rams. Yep. I mean, the Rams were looking to rebuild basically back a few years when they signed him. Then you look at Marlon. Um, Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey. That's another. That's another piece that they desperately needed, and they needed to invest in that. You look at Cincinnati Bengals. How long have they been on the on a rebuild progress? Uh, they they've been they've been doing it for a little bit. Here's here's the thing though. So Gilmore came out and quote tweeted it and just basically said, oh, okay, with four periods after. So clearly he's aggravated. Clearly he wants to get paid. I think he should get paid. I think a reasonable amount for him is in that 15 to $16 million range. Yeah. He, he shouldn't get paid the big, big money because he's hurt. That's the only reason. Talent-wise, he's probably one of the best. He yeah. is the best. He was a 2019 Defensive Player of the Year. We all know the type of year he had in 2019. Let, me, th- let me ask you this. Go ahead. If you were to compare right now careers between Stefan Gilmore and Darrell Rivas, who would you say is the better one? Oh, that's that's a good question. Honestly, you know what? I might go with Gilmore. I really might go with Stefan yeah, Gilmore. I was gonna I was gonna say that. Because Darrell Rivas, like he he had his dominant years, don't get me wrong, but he had to come to the Patriots in 2014 to get back on the map so he could get a big contract from the Jets. Like yep. Gilmore, he got the big contract when he was in the Bills with the Patriots, and then he's been great ever since. Exactly. So, so here's the thing. The Patriots have the cap space to do it. Give Gilmore, you know, $15 million, and if you have to, make it in, like heavily incentive-based, similar to Cam Newton's contract. Yeah. You know, like, make it so that way Gilmore feels like he's getting a fair deal. Otherwise, if you're not going to give him the money, then trade him. And I'm not saying it's ideal, but if you're going to trade him, trade him for some pieces, trade him for draft picks. So that way you can reload. And then if you have that, <clears throat> make JC Jackson, your number one corner, then you make Jawan Williams, or maybe you go out and look at a guy like Richard Sherman. That's on the free agent market. Shout out to Matt Burnett for that great idea, which I'll give him all the credit in the world for like that, that those are some ideas that you have, but you have to either lock down the contract with Gilmore or you say to him, we're just not going to pay you. You got one deal year left in your deal. We're going to trade you. You got to make it sooner rather than later because training camp and preseason's coming up right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the deal with Sherman though is the dude has been on a desire of wanting a ring. 
and seeing how he literally had to eat his words back after talking spit to Tom Brady, I just feel he like he's that much of a kiss ass to want to go to Tampa Bay. He's I just also, have that funny feeling. He's also a zone corner too. He can't play man to man. He That's can't play man to man at all. So while Richard Sherman itself, it's a great name to fill in. It's not a great talent to fit in. So Sorry, Maddie, you, you may disagree with me while you, you listen to this, and that's fine, but I'll say this. It, it's just, I, I personally would much rather work it out with maybe the Titans, considering that Belichick and Bravel do have that relationship already. Um, they managed to work out John Smith anyways. So I basically will try and see if maybe getting Malcolm Butler is an option. Concerning that Butler is already adjusted to the Bills to the uh, Patriots organization and did that work, I'm not saying that he's better than Gilmore, but I'm saying well, no, that well, nobody is, but uh, but I'm saying that understanding how the Patriots organization works and how cheap of contracts they like to work with, this is more of an, a realistic alternative option rather than a uh, Richard Sherman who we know it's going to want the money. Or how about this? I'll throw a different scenario at you. You call up the Cleveland Browns, who are still looking for another corner, and you say, hey, I'll, we'll give you Gilmore, but in return, we want OBJ, a good receiver. Yeah. I mean, or, it's, it's a or, fair deal, but the problem is you have to give up picks. Or, and which is, you know, if you have to do it, you have to do it. Or if you don't want the headache of OBJ, ask about Jarvis Landry. I would love Jarvis Landry in New England. I think he'd be a great I fit mean, here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want the juice anywhere, really? Exactly. Exactly. So that's the thing. You can call Cleveland and ask about a few of the receivers if you want to bolster your wide receiving core. Now, granted, that doesn't help your cornerback situation, but you know, again, it's you don't see teams that have like two lockdown corners like the Patriots do. And J.C. Jackson in that second corner slot, that's a good place for him. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to be the number one corner, which is fine. But if we have to force him to do it then you better make sure that you get a good reward if you were to trade Gilmore. Again, yeah. we're not saying, and I think, Diego, you can agree with this. The number one option, re-sign Gilmore. Re-sign him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, but if you can't, then work out a trade package to make sure that you get some good value on that return. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, another name that I'm sort of eyeing out there, it's maybe Justin Coleman, just because he's young. Okay. It's somebody who did okay here. Um, it's it's a cheap ass contract. It's a, it's about two to three million dollar contract. So if there's anything cheap that it's reliable and workable, there, there you go, Bill. There you go, Bill and and, and Bobby Kraft. There's an option for you. But would I say that he's my first option? Absolutely not. I mean, if anybody really for the cornerback position, if anything, I would also consider Shaquille Griffin. It's a good name. I like that name. You know, he's 26 years old. Seattle. Well, actually, I think he might have been traded already to Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken. But even so, you know, try to get a free agent pass rusher. Like, that's fine. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of options. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I mean, it just it just sucks that we can't seem to figure out things with with Gilmore. The guy is so deserving of all the money that he's asking for, that he should be asking for. It's just as Patriots fans, we got to be realistic that this is the kind of organization we're working with. We're working with a Robert Kraft who was, who just wants the highway, but he wants it the cheaper way, you know? Yeah. Um, and you're working with a Bill Belichick who's just like, whatever 
Robert Kraft wants is what Robert Kraft is going to get. And by the way, before we kind of wrap things up, shout out to new Patriots tight end Hunter Henry as the Henry family is expecting a baby boy coming in December of 2021. So shout out to the Henry Oh, family. shout out to him. Let's go. They, he put up a video on Instagram at Gillette to, with his uh, wife to announce it. So that's that's really cool. So shout out to Hunter Henry. Shout out to the Patriots because they're going to be starting back up soon. And I think the hype is back in Foxborough and in New England because the Patriots are going to be a lot better than they were in 2020. We're just going to say that. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. get worse. But on that note, rate, subscribe to the Couch Guy Sports Podcast on Spotify, uh, iTunes, and everywhere else that there are podcasts. Check out the website, couchguysports.com. Check out the shop, couchguysports.com backslash shop. We have t-shirts. We have sweatshirts for the fall. We have trucker hats. We have all sorts of hats and everything else you need for the summer and the fall. Diego, once again, we appreciate you coming on and filling in. You've been uh, the key pinch hitter, so to speak, for our podcast. <laughs> no problem. No problem at all, Al. Thank you for having me. No, of course. You want to plug any socials before we uh, wrap up? Sure. Um, you can follow the two other podcasts that I'm on as part of the network, Suplex Biddies, at Suplex Biddies on Twitter. That is S-U-P-L-E-X-B-I-D-D-I-S on Twitter. And then you can also follow the Yellow Card Podcast, a heavily – soccer-driven podcast if you're following the Euro uh, 2020 competition currently. That's where you can find us. It's at Podcast Card on Twitter. Uh, check out episode 41, which we had the U.S. content uh, producer and director for Manchester City, Ariel Castillo. Thank you again. And uh, you can find me personally at Diego on the score the DJ on Twitter. Beautiful. Go check out the soccer content, the wrestling content, all the content on Couch Guy Sports. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to episode 213. And we'll see you next week. Oh, wait, shit.